0: Welcome to the Trauma and Mental Health Report podcast series. We aim to share stories and knowledge on topics related to trauma and mental health with the community. My name is Lois Vu, and I'd like to welcome our guest today, uh, episode, Deb Dana. Deb is an expert clinician on trauma and the creator of the Rhythm of Regulation, the clinical application of the polyvagal theory. Today, we will be discussing about the polyvagal theory and how it is applied in clinical practice through the rhythm of regulation. Let's get into today's conversation. Hello Deb, how are you today? I'm
1: great, how are you? <laughs>
0: I'm great. Now, I'm so excited to have, be able to have this conversation with you. And for, uh, for the purpose of our uh, listener to understand your work, could you briefly explain what is the polyvagal theory?
1: I can. um, Let's see how briefly I can do this. Um, So polyvagal theory is a brilliant theory that my colleague Stephen Porges developed that describes the workings of the autonomic nervous system. And the autonomic nervous system is at the heart of our daily experience. It's where everything begins. our, Our thoughts, our feelings, our behaviors, everything starts in the nervous system. And polyvagal theory gives us a roadmap to begin to work directly with the nervous system through its three organizing principles, which are hierarchy, neuroception, and co-regulation. And so just very briefly about those three, so we have a foundation to um, jump off from, hierarchy is simply that we have three nervous system states and they activate in a certain order We have ventral vagal, which um, is what we're using today so that we can show up and communicate and connect and feel safe enough to do this. Um, That's, I think, where our nervous systems long to be and inherently know how to be. So when we're working to resolve trauma, we're helping people be able to find their way home, I call it, to ventral, to that place of safety and regulation. The second state that many of us are familiar with and when we leave ventral is sympathetic, that's that energy of fight and flight. That's that survival response that, that helps us mobilize to, to, to survive. And if that doesn't solve the problem, solve the challenge we're in, then the third nervous system state, which is dorsal vagal, takes us to that place of shutdown, collapse, numbing, disappearing, not really being here. You might feel that even as I'm talking about it. You know, you feel the sort of pulling back that happens. So that's the hierarchy. And we move down and up through those three states in that predictable order, which makes it really useful for us when we're trying to figure out what's going on for ourselves or when we're helping our clients understand where their nervous system has taken them. And then can begin to look at why. Right? So neuroception, which is the second organizing principle, sort of answers the why. Neuroception is the way the nervous system takes in cues of safety and danger. And it does that through three streams of awareness. It does it through what I just simply call inside, outside, between. So it listens inside our bodies for um, cues of of safety or or danger is something. Does it feel relaxed and easy? Your digestion, your viscera, your muscles, your organs, or is there something going on that, that is a flavor of danger. Um, it listens outside into the environment. So at the moment, it's listening into the rooms we're in, and then it also listens outside these rooms into the structures, into the neighborhoods, the communities, the nations even globally. Neuroception is getting cues from that environment. And finally, it listens between. So even though you and I just met a few minutes ago, our nervous systems are listening. They're having a conversation. And that's the between that goes on all the time. My nervous system is listening to what's going on in other nervous systems. So that's the neuroception. And when we have a neuroception of safety, we we feel at home in ventral safe, social, connected, communicating, organized, right? When we feel a neuroception of danger, what takes us to that sympathetic system of fight and flight, active aggression or active escape, and then when we feel what's called a neuroception of life threat, we go to that dorsal disconnect, shutdown, collapse. So that's neuroception. And then the third organizing principle is co-regulation, which is really this, we call it a biological imperative, which means it's something we have to have to survive. And so we have to be in connection with other people in order to survive. We come into the world wired in that way. We, we hope to be met by a person who is regulated and welcoming. Many of us do, many of us don't. The nervous system adapts, but that longing and that need to be in connection with other safe people goes on throughout our lifetime. So even though we do self-regulate as well, we do still need these co-regulating moments. So that sort of in a nutshell is polyvagal theory.
0: Wow, that's great. We did a wonderful job. I know it's an intensely complex theory. Now. Polyvagal theory, uh, Stephen Porges has published on it since 1994. It, people didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> uh, when, the, how did you come about to learn about poly- polyvagal theory and what motivated you to adapt this into clinical practice?
1: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a clinical social worker and I specialize in working with trauma and I have always been a neuroscience nerd. And I've always thought that we should understand these systems that we're working with with our clients. And in the beginning, it was the brain. I thought everyone should understand the brain. And so I studied the brain for a long time. And then I read Steve's first book, The Polyvagal Theory. Um, and some missing piece fell into place for me. It was, this, it was as if you know the puzzle was finally put together. And I um, decided I need to use this. I need to find a way to bring this to my colleagues and my clients because it just made so much sense to me. Um, I'm a firm believer that we should understand brain and body systems because that's what we're, you know, sort of the vehicle we're driving through life. And, you know, I'm a therapist and I want my clients to come to me when they're in an overwhelming challenge, but I also want them to understand how these systems work so they can on their own navigate the, the more ordinary challenges of life, right? So when I found polyvagal theory, I thought, oh, this is, this is a system that really is informing your brain, and so we need to understand this nervous system first before we understand the brain. So th- that was, you know, I'm I I love to play with things. I love to experiment, and so my colleagues were very generous in being sort of test pilots for me. And then I started um, having some wonderful clients who would say, you know, I'm playing around with this thing. What do you think? And they'd say, oh sure, try it out. And so, really, my work now, my Rhythm of regulation series, is is a testament to my colleagues and my clients who were so willing to take this journey with me. And I think why they were willing to do that is because when you begin to get to know your nervous system, what I call befriend your nervous system, all of a sudden things make sense in a different way, right? You're you're not a diagnosis anymore. You're a nervous system that's having trouble regulating, and, and we can work with that. And there's no shame or blame or criticism. It's simply, let's get to know the nervous system that is always working in service of your survival. And so when we begin to think about our system and when it takes us to fight flight or to disconnect, collapse, disappear, that there's a good reason for it, that the neuroception is one of danger or life threat, then we can begin to be curious about it. Mm. And when we're curious, we're no longer self-critical and blaming. Right, those don't go together so when we're curious we can begin to say wow what happened and then how might i reshape this pattern so it can do something different and that i think is the gift of polyvagal that it allows us to to be with instead of be hijacked by and it allows us to bring this this you know kindness inside and, and begin to reshape our patterns towards connection the patterns that have created towards protection that were necessary, and now we can begin to shape them towards connection.
0: Right, so I understand that your work, plus the ball of polyvagal theory, has started to make a seismic shift in the paradigm on trauma. And would you explain what's the difference between this this application of this theory and this um, clinical practice versus the existing one that we have knowledge that we have right now on trauma?
1: Yes, it's interesting. I love that, that thought of seismic shift, you know, because it does feel that way. I think when, we, when I teach, you know, I, I teach my colleagues and, and I say in the beginning, I'm asking you to, to turn things on their head. I'm asking you to make a paradigm shift because if we look at through the lens of the nervous system, um, it's not so much what happened to you that matters, it's what your nervous system response was to what happened. Right. And we each have our own shaping around that. And, um, you know, for a long time, we've known through many models that we don't have to know the details of things in order to help trauma survivors heal. And that's been very reassuring to trauma survivors. With polyvagal theory, we really don't need to know the story. You know, um, the sto- what we need to hear is the autonomic story, not the cognitive story. And so, in this way of working, Um, You know, we create what I call autonomic intimacy. My nervous system and your nervous system um, come into a place where we're having a conversation moment to moment. And the guiding questions are, you know, what do you need in this moment? What does your nervous system need in this moment to feel safe enough to connect and then to keep moving forward with this? So oftentimes when we work with our trauma survivor clients, we We reshape the system. You know, what I say is the presenting problem that you brought to me, um, could we put it on the shelf for a moment? Because really, my work with you is not to work with that presenting problem, it's to work with your nervous system. And once I help you learn to regulate so that you have begun the reshaping and you can engage with your nervous system differently, we'll take that problem off the shelf and you're going to know what to do with it. There are going to be options that you never knew existed. And it's going to look very different because the, that presenting problem is an emergent property of a dysregulated nervous system. So it comes out of sympathetic or dorsal. And once we can anchor in ventral, we can then look at that and see it differently, right? Because in sympathetic or dorsal, your nervous system has closed your system to change. You cannot find a new story. You cannot do something different because your system is locked in that survival mode. It's only from ventral that we can truly engage and change and engage in the therapy process. And what I've discovered is as clients begin to find their way to ventral, those, those pathways back to ventral that exist in their nervous system already, I'm not creating new ones. We're uncovering <laughs> the ones that are already there. And we're reminding your nervous system it knows how to do this. And you keep coming back to ventral. What I've discovered is um, things change without us having to address them directly because the the, the environment the biological environment now supports something different yeah.
0: so what would you uh, do to help a person say they are collapsed and they're in dorsal and they're totally shut down and and you know they have all these diagnoses of PTSD and depression uh, or major episodes of depression And they come to you and they have no ability to trust because they're so shut down in a frozen state. How would a therapist, a polyvagal therapist, be able to take them out of that when they're so shut down and closed and walled off? Mm -hmm. Uh, And also completely unaware of their own feelings and emotions and, you know, like nervous system states because they're usually cut off from the feelings of their body.
1: Right, because dorsal is that place that, you know, my clients would describe it as feeling lost, alone, where no one will ever find them, right? That's the dorsal experience of being cut off, untethered, floating, right? So, so with clients who, um, you know, really, that is their, I, I call it your home away from home. We have a home in ventral, and then we have a home away from home. And some of us are more sympathetically um, motivated, and others have more dorsal. I'm more dorsal. That's my home away from home. So, you know, in some ways, when I'm sitting with a client who is in that dorsal place, I have this autonomic credibility, right? Because I I know this place well, and it does not, it does not frighten me, right? I've been there many times and I know the suffering that happens there. And I also know that we can find our way out of that place. And I usually say that to my clients. I say, my nervous system understands where you are because my nervous system also has been there. Right. And, you know, I'm going to be here with you. And my nervous system is simply going to reach out from this place of safety that I'm anchored in right now and just be with you and see whether you can even touch into that for a moment. This is a very gentle opening of connecting with someone who's in dorsal. So it's simply I'm anchored in ventral and I'm sending that energy towards you to see if you can touch into it for a moment. Right? It's a but gentle invitation. I, I hear
0: people who are traumatized uh, and experience trauma, that they have an infinite distance between themselves and other people and that they feel exactly. so disconnected. Yeah, uh, And even they feel so disconnected to their own bodies as well.
1: Right. And so what I'm telling my clients, because what I really believe is not not I'm reaching out, but my nervous system is reaching out to your nervous system. And that happens through neuroception, whether someone is in dorsal or sympathetic or ventral neuroception, micro moment to micro moment is reading cues. And so even though my client may be totally floating over here, their neuroception is still taking in and and is having a flavor of, huh, there, there's some interesting energy here in the room. That's, that's that's possible. You know, I also use my tone of voice because tone of voice is a cue of safety. And back when I could be in person, I would often move a little bit closer. Right now, nowadays, you know, online, you know, I often will sit forward a little bit, <laughs> send my energy a bit more, you know, but it's this, it's this gentle invitation. And this place is saying, um, we're in no hurry here. Right, your nervous system has taken you to this place for good reason. And we're going to be really slow and patient about having moments just micro moments when you have a moment of connection with me and then go back because that's going to be the process. You're going to dip into a connection and then go away, connect and go away. And I'm watching for those autonomic cues that you have just made contact. You know, sometimes it's a clients who who are often, you know, collapse like this will just peek and look back. That peeking is their nervous system kind of looking out to go, "Oh, there's somebody here." You know, does it feel safe? The the basic premise is the cues of safety have to outweigh the cues of danger in order for my client to be able to engage, not willing to engage, but able, that their biology will allow them to engage. So I'm in the beginning playing around with, how can I send more cues of safety? And are there any cues of danger that I might be able to reduce? So that's my you know, experimenting in the beginning. And because I'm a polyvagal therapist, I'm I'm naming this as I'm doing it, right? Mm-hmm. It's all explicit, it's not just, me working below the level of of awareness it's me saying so i'm just going to lean in a little bit and see whether that feels like a better cue of safety and i'm going to lean back because we're always doing the compare contrast right so it's it's a you know in in the beginning it may be me doing all the experimenting and not getting a response back but the nervous system is giving me information
0: well for a lot of traumatized Uh, victims or a lot of people who experience trauma you just coming a little bit close can feel very very intimidating
1: it can and it can also be an experience their nervous system hasn't had of somebody who's anchored in ventral Mm. simply saying what happens And how does that feel and what's this, right? I also, you know, later when we have some energy, I invite my clients to play with that. So you try moving closer, moving back. You get to control the distance, right? And see, which is a different experience for for many people to be the one in charge. But it's true, you know, I might say, so I'm just gonna move a little closer and I'm gonna send you my regulating energy. Mm -hmm. And now I'm gonna move back because I'm, I'm just, this. it's these little drops Right, I have this belief, and and you know, yes, we have to moderate it. But my belief is, when I'm fully anchored in ventral and sending those cues of safety, um, I can offer my clients a different experience. So my moving toward can be something that does not feel the way it used to feel, mm. right? Because I'm 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 coming with a different energy, a different regulated nervous
0: system than what they're used to. Okay, so that that comes to my next question. As a therapist, how do we remain in ventral? <laughs> that's the, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? Yeah. And,
1: it and, and it is true, because and which leads me to all of my training programs. They all say in the beginning, um, this is about the, your nervous system, not your clients, right? Because our responsibility is to learn how to regulate and be regulated so that we can be a cue of safety to our clients and so our work is to understand our nervous system and have our own ways of anchoring and ventral and we do not do it perfectly all the time right there are moments in my work with with a client where my nervous system you know gets dysregulated something in my client's system touches a vulnerable place inside me or, um, you know, my, my sympathetic starts worrying about something else that's going on in my life and for a moment I'm distracted. My work is to name that with my client, mm-hmm. right? They don't need to know what I'm worried about. They just need to know that I just got distracted for a moment into some sympathetic energy mm-hmm. and now I'm back, right? So I name it with my clients. And then the question is, did you notice when I get, when I left for a moment? And can you feel me back here now? Because again, that's not a skill that that, that we learn and it's this trauma survivors are taught to ignore that, right? What you see isn't happening, what you feel isn't right, don't do that. So as I move away and come back, I know that I can't fake it because neuroception is picking it up. So my job is to name it. Wow, I just got pulled into sympathetic for a moment. Maybe you felt that and now I'm back. Just anchor back into that. Right. So, and if it's something that's touched something inside me, you know, I'm, I'm going to name it. I'm going to, I'm just simply going to say, wow, my, my system got a bit dysregulated there for a moment, but now I'm back with you. And then I'm going to go to therapy or go to a colleague and I'm going to process what happened inside me. Right. And I'm not going to tell my client what it was, but I'm going to notice for them out loud that thing that you just felt through your neuroception did happen. So it's both a way of honoring that their system is giving them good information and also helping them reconnect to that moment, right? Because they may say, oh, I didn't feel it. I say, okay, Th- then I love that because they'll say, okay, I'm, let's make it a little bigger so that we can play with it. I'm gonna get distracted for a moment back into that place. And I go, and now I'm back. Now can you feel what happened, right? Because we wanna, we want want, we want to
0: reconnect
1: inside. Right, yeah.
0: Well, when, for somebody who's so disconnected, when you ask them, do you feel anything, they probably, you know, they, they more than likely would say no. Because <laughs> they have never, never been in their body. Right, right. How, so, how would you deal with that? You know,
1: the, the the first thing I do, I have what I call the personal profile map, which mm-hmm. is the very first thing I do with clients, which is to help them get to know their three states. Right. And um, it, it involves... Um, thoughts, feelings, behaviors, um, embodied responses, and often the embodied responses come later. But we begin to get to know when you're in, in sympathetic, what are some of the things you think, what are some of the things you do? How is your sleep impacted, right? And then we have these two statements that we fill in from each state, I am and the world is, right? So in sympathetic, what clients say for I am and the world is, it's very different than the story from dorsal or ventral, right? So that's a way to begin to get to know your states. And then along the way, you know, sympathetic is usually easier for clients to have an embodied response about because it's so big. You're so filled with energy that it's, that it's easier to connect with. Um, and then once we have that and we go to dorsal to say, oh, so remember in sympathetic when you felt that, 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 um, you know, heart rate or, or that, that this was going on, this, this energy you couldn't control, you know, in dorsal, most people, you know, begin to feel nothing or a bit of numbing, you know, so I'm going to give them a menu and most clients go, oh yeah, that's, that I have that. And then we'll say, and what else? Because once you open the door, then clients can usually begin to, to, um, find more and more, which, which is a lovely experience, right? And it's, it's enough of a distance so that clients can explore inside without being inside. We're mapping it on paper. So it gives us that sort of um, necessary distance to be able to um, look at it without being being in it, yeah.
0: So uh, in, in the rhythm of regulation, we are learning how to regulate our system Uh, and and learning about ourselves uh, how our system works exactly Uh, yeah so how is that different from the existing types of therapy out there for trauma say somatic sensory therapy and uh mindfulness-based therapy well it's interesting because um
1: the other therapy any therapy model that that is out there is really based on polyvagal theory even though Mm. They don't explicitly say that, right? Because anything, your nervous system is the platform that everything else is built on top of. So um, somatic experiencing, sensory motor, mindfulness-based therapies, any of these therapies, when you first help your clients understand their nervous system mm-hmm. and have ways to map, track, shape, then the model of therapy that you choose to use is gonna work so much better. And you're going to understand when, when something doesn't work, you're going to understand why, right? And it's, And you're not going to do it by asking the brain. It's by connecting with the nervous system because the nervous system is either going to open the door to moving forward or close the system to change. And if I understand these basic organizing principles, I know how to work with that nervous system to help my client be successful when we then want to use one of these other therapy models. so you know a polyvagal approach is not a, a competition for the other models it's a, yes. the collaboration with
0: mm. Mm. so is, is expanding the tool chest with uh, a better map of understanding the client and I, and I think
1: yes of understanding the client and the piece that is so important for me is the client understanding themselves Right. You know, that's the piece that, you know, I, one of my goals is to help my clients become active operators of their own nervous systems, right? So that anything we're doing in therapy, they they understand the context, they understand why, they're they're working with their system, we're working with it together. So it's it's a very explicit um, way of working because I really do want my clients to, to leave, um, able to navigate the, the challenges of life and know when, they need to come back because there's something that's too big to do on their own, right?
0: This is a very drastically different approach from traditional talk therapy, where you come and talk about your problems, the story of what happened to you. Uh, this is very, very different, right?
1: Yeah, and clients come and they and they start sharing their story, and, and you know I found that it's it's a lovely invitation to say, you know, um, I think you I think you've told this story many many times. Mm. and i think there's another story that maybe you haven't heard yet and i think you haven't told to anyone which is the story underneath that story the story your nervous system story and i wonder if we might explore that and clients are usually incredibly curious and they also (laughs) know that telling that story is not getting them anywhere you know the the trauma world we say if you could have thought your way out of it you would have done it long ago Yes. Right. You, you don't want to be stuck in this, but you can't think your way out. Nor can you tell the story and find your way out. It's it's this embodied, autonomic story that's going to restore. I call it restoring. And then when we restory
0: everything else after that begins to change. So, uh, for therapists, uh, how could you give us a tidbit on how a therapist can help to come to ventral? Uh, when they are kind of out of ventral,
1: yeah, right. So, you know, the, the the first the first job is to know where am I? Am you I know, in ventral and, and or am I leaving ventral? So that's the yeah. first task is to get to know your ventral. What does it feel like for you when you're in that mm-hmm. place of of, of um, regulation? And ventral has a lot of flavors. It can mm-hmm. be ease, you know calm it can be passionate excited it can be strong that the the key ingredient for ventral is that the neuroception is one of safety you know which is why i've often said i think you could say anything to someone when you're anchored in ventral because you're in safety so it's coming to them not as a as a criticism or a or a cue of danger but it's simply coming with this wave of neuroception of safety. So the first key is to to begin to get to know, how do I know when I'm in ventral? And how do I know when I'm beginning to leave ventral? And then, um, you know, there are many, many practices to come back to ventral. Um, One of the easiest is is through some sort of a breath practice, which many of us do anyway. Um, I don't particularly love breath practices, but I do love sighing you know, and sighing is is um, the research on sighing says that it's a it's a resetter of the nervous system so I'll often just sigh a gentle sigh and because I've already told my clients about sighing you know <laughs> they're not going to make meaning of it right yes you know I'm just gonna say oh that felt good right now I'm back right so for me sighing is an easy one for other people. Um, you know, an image of something that that is very regulating for them, you can bring the image to mind and and still be here um, for other people. Um, There's an object, and especially now that we're all working,
0: you know, virtually,
1: you know. You know, I can have, if I know that I'm going into a client session that feels a bit challenging for me, I can have my ventral object right here in my hand. I, can, I have stones that I love. I can have it in my hand. And you'll never know because it's it's here, right? Yes. It's in my lap and it's helping me anchor. So, you know, there, there are lots of ways and everybody's going to have their own way. What we need, you know, I have a practice called ventral vagal anchors that, mm. that I take um, both clients and colleagues through because it's a way to, sort of in the moment, grab an anchor, because Mm. that's what we therapists have to do. We have to know, well, I'm getting a bit dysregulated. I need to come back to ventral and anchor there. So, you know. Because somebody needs to be a ventral in the room. (laughs) Yeah, I say that. I say there has to be at least one ventral in the room, and if you're the therapist, it had better be you, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly, exactly. We see that in our work with couples when there's no ventral, right? You know, yes. couples dysregulate or in family systems where you know
0: there's so much dysregulation going on. Somebody has to be anchored in this so, so the practice of uh, the, the, the clinical adaptation of polyamal theory can work with couples therapy. Mm-hmm. Family therapy as well. Yes, absolutely. Works with any and with group same. Group too. yes. You know,
1: it's all the same because because you're working with nervous systems. The nervous system—the common denominator in the human family—and it's the common denominator in the helping professions, right? We're working with nervous systems, and so you know, bringing that out into the open and working from that foundation is a is a um, brings safety, um, mm-hmm. brings connection. You know, in a in a in a group, you know, people look around and say, oh, I recognize that," right? Because. We look at another system and go, oh, I've been there, right? Oh, I know what that feels like. And yes. that's that, that's that connecting piece. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yes. Thank you very much for this really insightful and um, great conversation. I really do hope that, through you know, the next uh, little while polyvagal theory will be able to be uh, heard and adapted to, you know, educate clinicians uh, to, uh, to help, uh, Uh, people know more about uh, trauma recovery and help people more in applying um, this this great system so thank you for your work in helping that happen (laughs) thank you very much Uh, we you reached the end of this episode with the trauma and mental health report podcast thank you for joining us connect with us at trauma blog yorku.ca you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and newsletter to see our latest content. See you at the next episode.